Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Thursday, September 22nd, 2022. I'm Mike Kachopoli. Hey, okay, we're at Thursday. We're almost almost at the end of the week. Almost. Almost there. Almost at the end of the week. Another week. Uh, I do want to remind people one more time that... Um, if you are in the San Francisco area, we're having a little meet and greet, little meetup on Friday, depending on when you're listening to this. It's either tomorrow or tonight. That's Friday the 23rd, September 23rd, 7 p.m. at a place called Upsider. Upsider. Okay, you can look it up. I believe it's on like Poke and Sutter. And a bunch of us are just going to get together at 7 p.m. and just have a little meet and greet. Okay, a little meet and greet a few hours before my uh, Friday night show. We'll talk, we'll have fun, um, and we'll... Uh, you know, if you haven't been, you know, a lot of people still, I was just at the movies again and I've, and I've gone to, you know, I've gone to, you know, 70 movies probably <laughs> over the last year and a half or so, maybe even more. And, um, and at the beginning of the movie, still saying, some of you haven't been out in a while. For some of you, it's been a while. Well, of course, not for me and not for a lot of people, but yes, for some people just starting to go to the movies again, it's kind of crazy. But there are some people who really haven't been out much, haven't been to a bar or a restaurant in two and a half years, since like February or March of 2020. And if you're one of those people, you can come out. If you're not one of those people, you can come out. But we'll be at uh, Cider at 7 p.m. Friday night. Okay. All right. So since that's out of the way, I'll probably mention that one more time at the end of the show. Um, but... Uh, what are we going to talk about today? What are we going to talk about today? There's actually quite a bit on the docket. I put quite a bit on the docket today. I put quite a bit on the docket. Let's see. Um, I guess the first thing I really want to talk about is Fauci. I always want to talk about, and of course he gets my blood pressure up when I talk about him, but he's been talking about uh, a couple of things. The first thing being um the draconian measures, such as lockdown, masking, and vaccine passports, and vaccine mandates. And so Fauci's now, they're still interviewing this guy. They're still interviewing. He's getting every, he's squeezing every little bit, not, out, not just out of COVID, which of course he never wants to end, but out of this tenure, which I believe is finally going to end. December can't get here. The end of this fucking year can't get here fast enough to get rid of this guy. But Fauci's out now saying that the draconian measures, by the way, when they instituted them, okay, when they instituted them, he did not consider them draconian. In fact, if you called them draconian, he would say, you're a conspiracy theorist. They're not draconian. They're, 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 they're science-based. But now all of a sudden he's okay with calling them draconian. Okay, now he's okay with calling them uh, uh, draconian measures. And But he said these draconian measures were so important, they were so necessary, and sometimes when you're in an emergency like COVID, these things are so necessary, you have to do these draconian things, and then they have unintended consequences. Now, of course, we know, we know the little elf, the little midget is full of shit. One being, there were plenty of doctors, such as Jay Bhattacharya, such as Marty McCarry, such as Peter McCullough such as Scott Atlas. You guys know their names. Dr. Siegel on Fox. There were many, many, many prominent doctors out of places like, you know, we're not talking about like Johnny Goomba University, 
We're talking about like Stanford and 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 Johns Hopkins and and uh, and NYU, who were saying that we didn't have to do those things at the time. At the time, they were saying they weren't necessary, and they'd end up hurting more people than they would help. And Fauci and his ilk, like Burks, I like to call it jerks, and Redfield, and so on and so forth, they silenced these people. They silenced them. They tried to defame them. They called them quacks, okay? So Fauci is so full of shit when he says we had to do these things. This was such an emergency. Oh, my God, such unknown, it's a, a virus, such an unknown entity in the year 2020. We just had to do these draconian things. And they had, oh, unintended consequences. Well, he's full of shit because we didn't have to do them. And he's also full of shit because he knows they weren't unintended. And a lot of politicians and doctors wanted these things to happen. Okay, it's called the, it was called the Great Reset, the New World Order. They wanted small businesses to fail. They wanted corporate entities to take over those small businesses when they fail. They wanted corporate America and the wealth among us to do better. And they wanted the middle class and the poor, the ones who suffer the most, to once again suffer the most. And that's what happened. So Fauci is full of shit. They weren't unintended consequences, and they didn't have to happen. He talks as though there was no choice. We had to do these things. And there were no other voices out there of reason telling us there was another option. Well, yes, there were. There were plenty, and he silenced them. Him and his powerful friends and allies in big media, in big government, in big pharma silenced these people. So Fauci, the elf, is full of shit. And as Ron DeSantis has said, we should fucking toss him across the fucking Potomac. In fact, we should shoot him up into outer space. You know what we should do to him? What they did to the criminals. Remember in the original Superman? They put him in that thing, that sphere where they just float in space forever. That's what we should do to Fauci. Put him in a sphere with Burks and Redfield, and you could even shove in a fourth one. You could shove Walensky in there because she's so skinny. Oh wait, you can shove in someone else. You can shove in you can shove in Barbara Ferrar because she's just a fucking skeleton. She doesn't take up any space, and shoot them into fucking outer space. That's what you've done. That could be his retirement ceremony. Every time I see blood pressure goes up to like two hundred over eighty. Every time I see this fucking guy. And not just because he's speaking and is still able to speak, unfortunately, but um, the media still puts him on. They still put him on as though he knows things, as though he's not a sinister, evil fuck. They still put him on as though he's not a grotesque individual. And that's what makes me so upset every time I see him. I don't want to see him anymore. You know, they say when someone retires after working a lot, uh, they go quickly after. Let's hope that's right. But then again, I'm a pessimist. So there was Fauci talking about all of that stuff. Um, uh, Karthik, I see. I know you like to call him early because you like to go to sleep, but <laughs> I'll get you on. I'll get you on in a second, Karthik. I promise. Um, uh, but the, I just want to set up the show. We got Fauci in there. If you want to talk about Fauci, if you want to talk about how much you hate him, I'd love to have you call in. Sh- show me your Fauci. Let's do Thursday. Fauci hate. Fauci hate Thursday. Let's do that. And then we'll do Fauci hate Friday and we'll do Fauci hate Monday and Fauci hate every day. And that'll make me feel better. Um, uh, so we had Fauci with his ridiculous comments and, they, and these people in the media, they interview, they go, oh, oh, we're, oh, yes. Oh, 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 very interesting. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, oh. They, fucking idiots. It's like the moron that interviewed Biden and licked his ass for an hour, an hour and 60 minutes. Can't be more than an hour um, while he just lied and lied and lied. Uh, oh, Gavin Newsom, the other guy I like to talk about. Gavin Newsom. 
who, um, by the way, there's a video going around of Gavin Newsom. This is a video from 2008. Two things stick out. Well, one, this is a video of Gavin Newsom vowing Kothic left. Why'd Kothic leave? He has no patience, that guy. Anyway, um, uh, so this is a video of Gavin Newsom talking about ending homeless in, in the year 2008. It's a video of him back in 2000. So what is that? I'm not that great at math. 14 years ago. He vowed to end homelessness in San Francisco in 10 years. So in 2008, he, so let's do the math. So in 2008, here's a video of Gavin Newsom. Maybe we can even play it since Karthik left. Maybe he'll come back. Um, let me see. Let me see. Maybe I don't like that I made fun of him saying it a bit early. Okay, here we go. This is Newsom in, in 2008 saying he was going to end homelessness in San something. 2008 is mayor. Yeah, I think that's when he was running for mayor, became mayor. He said he was going to end homelessness 2018. So by four years ago, by four years ago, he was going to end homelessness. Well, uh, I'm, it hasn't been ended, and I'm going to guess it's worse than it was in 2008. I'm going to guess it's exponentially worse than it was in 2018, in fact. But here's Gavin Newsom, if I can cue this up. It's a, it's a, it caught the cue back. Good. I'm going to play this Newsom tape, then I'll go right to you. Hold on a second. No, I'm not going to play this Newsome tape because it's not working for some reason. Hold on. I hate these videos when you play them all the way up on your phone, but the video doesn't, there's no audio. Is there a reason for this? Does anyone know why this happens sometimes? Oh, I see. Oh, here we go. Okay. That we, on we believe fundamentally that food solves hunger, that shelters solve sleep, and that housing solves homelessness. And if we're going to solve the problem, uh, of those that are out on the streets that we define as homeless, we better solve the housing problem if we're going to have an impact. And that's why we established this framework, what we call a 10-year plan to end chronic homeless in San Francisco. Hey, that's a 10-year plan. Uh, this video needs to be sent to uh, Ron DeSantis to use in his campaign for, against him when they run for president, saying this is how effective this guy is. So in other words, this guy lied to lied to San Franciscans in 2008. He didn't end homelessness. It got worse. He didn't do any of this housing shit. Housing got worse. And that's not the problem. The problem is they're addicted to drugs. That's the problem. They're drug addicts. That's the problem. He doesn't mention drugs at all and getting them off drugs. But um, uh, how big that issue is. They won't talk about that, Democrats, because that's not nice, saying that homeless people have a drug problem, even though, of course, that's reality. Um, but Ron DeSantis can use this and say anything he promises you in this campaign you can't believe him. Here's the video. Everything, anything he promises you, you, you can't believe. In fact, believe the opposite is going to happen because he's a liar. But let me tell you what did happen in that period between 2008 and now, his hair blossomed. His hair gel got so much, uh, it, it bloomed. So at least there was some success there for Gavin Newsom. Hey, Karthik, what's up? What's up, Mike? Uh, you said so much stuff there. I, I don't know when to start. Uh, where to start. Well, in terms of Newsom, um, yeah, it seems like like it seems like all the politicians in California will do everything to stop homelessness, yeah. except actually build homes because that would hurt the uh, uh, landlord and, and the realtor companies, you know. Um, well, you can put them in homes, Karthik, but I have to disagree a little bit. You can put them in homes, but a lot of people are going to burn those homes down. Or they going to sure? Are there going to be some problems? But the the countries or the states that have actually solved homelessness, like Mississippi, did recent few years ago. And also, like other states, I mean, other countries in the world, they did it by having like a because most places 
they'll say, oh, you 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 have to get uh, uh clean first, you know, like, uh you know, stop your drug addiction, and and then we'll get you a home. But I'm talking about the place that I've actually have stopped homelessness. They had a housing policy, you know. Oh yeah, and also in Salt Lake City, Utah, they had a uh, a policy of housing first, and then they helped him, you know, get uh get rid of drugs. But anyway, we we really don't need to talk about homelessness that much. That's not why. I um, what, what I came here was so for the Newsom campaign. I don't know if this is being infiltrated inside the Newsom campaign for you know president or what wh- wh- whether he runs. I, I just think it would be funny to like meet the people that like uh, starting from the primary, not just the general. Yeah. Oh well, you know, look. The fact of the matter is, is that you, you, you're talking about a guy who, you know, all he's done. I remember when he ran for. I remember when he ran for 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 mayor of San Francisco. I was actually I wasn't living here. Wins here, and I was. Uh, I remember I was, I was. I came here during the during the campaign, and I actually watching him talking. And I, I immediately from day one, I never liked the guy. This is what he was running for mayor almost fifteen years ago, right? I right away I knew this guy was a slimy, sleazy snake oil salesman, right? And uh, so I actually got involved in the uh, uh, Matt Gonzalez campaign. He was the Green Party candidate running against Gavin Newsom. And I got involved in that campaign because Matt Gonzalez was so much more honest guy, just an honest, you know, guy from very, very, um, uh, I guess, modest means, you know, not the wealthy family that Waltham Newsom Pelosi family. Um, and I got involved with that campaign and he was a great candidate. And people don't realize this. It's best. It's the best race any Green Party candidate has ever had here in San Francisco. He lost to Newsom by like two points. It was very close. It was like a it was like a two point margin, and no one expected that. No one expected a Green Party candidate with very little money to go up against the Newsom Democratic big money machine, and he just barely lost to him. And the reason why some people liked Matt Gonzalez and didn't like Gavin Newsom was simply most people did not believe Gavin Newsom that there was something just too slick about the guy, and that was part of it. Him he, he promised. I remember that was his big. That's probably why he just eked it out because he prom- enough people believed his bullshit that he was going to end homelessness. And homelessness was becoming a pretty big problem here in 08, not the problem it is now. It's not the problem it was in 08 that is now in the country or the world. People wanted you know, that to be taken care of before it got to the point it's at now. And he promised to do that, and of course he didn't. So, you know, Karthik, he's just not... It's just anyone who believes him is simply just a Democratic Party loyalist. Uh, okay, yeah, I think, like, when he runs, it's going to be, like, like the greasiest, slickest camp ever. Like oh, even course. more than like Mayor Pete or like Cory Booker. Oh, or Com- oh yeah. no, it's going to be slime, slime, slime time. Yeah. <laughs> Although be- I would say, I think Gavin Newsom is a lot less annoying than Mayor Pete. Like I think Mayor Pete like like the most annoying like politician ever. He's just kind of, Mayor Pete has that kind of like, what is that quality? Like that, that you want to, like that nerdy thing. You want to like punch him in the nose, right? It's like, it's kind of like, it's just off-putting kind of nerdiness to him. You know, it's 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 very it's, it's it's kind of the opposite of Gavin Newsom. I don't find Mayor Pete to be particularly slick or or fast. Yeah, I just find Mayor Pete to be annoying. Well, I I guess Chris Hayes is like a nerd too, but I don't find him annoying. I just find him like just I like horrible for other reasons. You don't fire you don't you don't find Chris Hayes annoying. Oh uh, well, to be honest, I don't ever watch Chris Hayes like <laughs> live. I mean, like I I just I, I the only time I watch him is when like people like Jimmy Dore or whoever. Is like, is like mocking him and ridiculing yeah, him. I think he's one of those annoying television personalities in the yeah. history of television. Okay, well, I don't watch him live. Like, I, I don't watch him on TV. Like, the only time I watch him is, like I said, when people are, are mocking him. Yeah, and, Jimmy, you know, for, for those, like, 60 Jimmy, seconds, it's not annoying. 
Yeah, Jimmy shows his clips from time to time. Yeah, you know, and it most like he'll talk. He let him talk for like two minutes at most. So right. for those two minutes, I can survive. Maybe five minutes would be too much for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and as for my sleeping habits, you know, I know you're mocking me. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I promise you, I have much better sleeping habits than like ninety percent of the people here on Colin. Because I checked once, and there's like Colin rooms here till like four a.m. It's ridiculous. And people in America, and like that live in America, not like Australia or somewhere. Well, that makes me feel better. I thought my eleven p.m. start time on the Pacific was was late. I well, thought, you know, it's definitely late, but like there's like always calling rooms to like two, three a.m. Like sometimes even longer, but like at least two or three. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's, you know, I've, I've I've thought about doing the show earlier because I've done a couple of shows earlier and I get probably twice as many live. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, I agree. You should do earlier. Yeah, but I have such a nice late night audience. I mean, I have, I have a nice late night following of nice calls. Yeah, I get it. Well, I I definitely always like calling in with you. Um, yeah, usually you know, what we talk about isn't as like serious as what everybody else loves to talk about. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid that, you know, it's like, it's nice that the people at 11 p.m., the late night, they know me. They know me yeah. now. They've been doing this long enough at that time period where they know who I am. They know what I'm about, you know. For uh, sure. You know, then there are people who like, are gonna, who come in for the first time and d- don't seem to understand. Yeah, it's uh, like they, a COVID They hear show. the talk and then they're like shocked when I tell them I was a progressive and I voted for Bernie twice. They're uh-huh. like shocked that anyone could grow, you know, can grow intellectually and politically. I it's, see. Impo- it's impossible to understand. Yeah. Most people, well, most people pick their sides mm-hmm. when they're very young, right? I mean, most people pick their sides by 18, 20, 21. Yeah. And, and, and they don't, they, and they stick with that side forever, no matter what that side does. I don't well, I'm it. definitely on a side, you know, I, I'm anti-duopoly, you know, anti-establishment, you know, I usually vote. If, if I do vote, I, I vote for third party. Um, but speaking of voting, um, are you going to vote for anybody in the midterms? Yeah, I'm going to vote for all Republicans. Yeah. Okay, who are the Republicans well, on your ballot? I'm in San Francisco, so I've, I'm going to vote Republican, but they're all going to lose. You yeah, know, it makes sense. I mean, they're all going to lose. So it's like my vote doesn't mean anything here. You know, like most people's votes don't mean anything, right? If yeah, you're unfortunately. Heavy blue area, heavy red area, your vote doesn't mean anything. Either way, either side thing carries no real weight. It's all, it's yeah. all, it's all fait accompli. It's all predetermined outcome. Places like that's the problem. That's why we, we you yeah. and I, talked this in the past, man. That's why the accountability there. Yeah, um, knows he's going to win. Pelosi knows she's going to win. Right. It's, it's just, yeah, it's, for sure. Mitch McConnell, all those guys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, they all know they're going to win. So why do they have to have any accountability or do a real good job? You don't have to. Yeah. You know. Well, um, you said this is are you referring to like Collins or Fauci or Walensky? I've lot to say on that, but specifically about about uh, uh Walensky. Yeah. Um, I forgot who asked it, but like I think around maybe like six eight months ago, mm-hmm. she had a Congress about somebody, and I think I, I, don't, I don't know who it was, but somebody asked her, "Hey, uh, uh, uh Rochelle Walensky, is there a vaccine mandate at the CDC?" And she just uh, uh, refused to answer. No, not only was there not a vaccine mandate, but from what I understand, there were rumors. Of course, you never know. But there are rumors going around that half the people at the CDC weren't even vaccinated. Yeah. And like, I, I agree with that. You know, it, it should be like, I, I feel like mandates are wrong just because it should be about uh, medical privacy, you know. But, yeah, like, but uh, the, like a different argument. Though. There's medical privacy for those at the CDC. But oh, yeah. And, and in Congress. And you think the people in Congress need the vaccine mandate the most because they're all like 80 years old. Right, but if you're a cop or a fireman and you don't get vaccinated and you don't prove it, you get fired. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I was talking about like the for the people in like the centers of power. Like there was not many vaccine mandates for them. No, no, of course not. 
stuff. Once yeah. again, it's 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 rules are for thee, not for me. You know that. And speaking that's, of um, uh, the uh, what, what was oh yeah, speaking about the doctors you listed, like um, you know, the doctors you listed. Oh, fuck, uh, I'm tired. I can't remember the names, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Peter McCullough, the CDC director. No, no, I'm talking about the doctors with like like Peter McCullough, uh, McCullough, uh, and Jay yeah, the, uh, I, I, yeah, yeah. I love how like like for a long time, um, people were saying, "Oh, you know, trust the science. You got to listen to the trust the doctors." And and as soon as like there were some doctors that like uh, disagreed with FDA, CDC, they're like, "Oh my God, all these are a bunch of quack doctors. They sold out to the right wing establishment yeah. or whoever." Right, and that's and that's how they. That's how they def- badmouthed them and defamed them for two and a half years. They said they were just Trumpers, conspiracy theorists, yeah. wackos, and, and, and the Fauci and, and Fauci's machine, his political machinery, got on top yeah. of it. Yeah, and social media. And, and you know, we know, we've seen the emails between Fauci and Twitter and you know, Fauci being upset that someone had a fake account that was satire of him, and, and they asked him to take it down. All oh, this- I remember that satire. Yeah, we know that. We know there was coordination between... Between Fauci and and social media, from the Biden administration, social media to to censor anyone who was saying, "Well, that be fascism." Like that, that was like the classic definition of fascism when the corporation and state combine. Yeah, which is what yeah. this is totally is. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, there's no there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. They and I change. definitely think that Trump's a fascist, but like so is Biden and you know Obama and everybody but else. You have to watch that word fascism. You know, it's it's usually. It usually has to do a lot of, of, of inflicting, of, of, of controlling people, right? Your power yeah, for sure. through oppression and through other means, you know. And I think, I don't know if Trump really did that when he was president. I mean, a tax break for the wealthy isn't really fascism. They, they all do that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean other stuff. But uh, but um, anyway, so uh, what was going to say? Oh, yeah. So you were saying that we should throw Fauci Delph into space or whatever? Yes. the ocean. You remember um, that. It's like Superman, you know, in that little Yeah, thing. well, I haven't seen the old Superman movies, but anyway, we don't need to talk about Superman right now. <laughs> you um, dude, I'm Gen Z, man. You know, like, I, oh, I haven't seen many man. movies oh, before my. the 80s. Um, okay. Uh, anyway, so, uh, <laughs> I keep forgetting what you're going to say. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, for Fauci, um, like, like, things like, 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 I'm, like, he may have committed more crimes, I don't know, but for sure he, he, he lied to Congress, you know, he committed perjury. Um, that was proven by uh, the FOIA request about uh, uh, gain of function. Yes. Absolutely. So just for that, you could be prosecuted. Yeah. And I, I'm going to, in a little while, I'm going to read the story that just came out yesterday, uh, a book that was written by someone who worked at the Trump White House, uh, a, White House a guy named Brian Morgenstern. And he said that Fauci, this is all behind the scenes stuff. He said behind the scenes, Fauci laughed at Americans who took off masks at restaurants. And it was Fauci was laughing at people for doing things he said they should do. Oh, that. You know, yeah. that's, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a little expert, uh, excerpt from an article that was written. Okay. Now? Uh, in, in a little bit, but it's, it's just continuing, oh, okay. continuing on the sinister nature of Tony Fauci. Well, the last thing I wanted to say before I go is I forgot this. I think this was in the mid '90s. There, like, Fauci did an interview on C-SPAN, I think. Mm-hmm. And so it was. This was in like regards. It was like late '80s or '90s somewhere, and it was in regards to like why there wasn't like an HIV vaccine. And so some of the reasons he said was like, "Oh, well, there was an HIV vaccine, but it only worked effective twenty percent of the time. So that's why we couldn't, you know, bring it into market, like in twenty percent in terms of preventing contraction." Right. And I was thinking, are the current vaccines like like uh, uh, less or greater than 
20% efficacy against contractions? I, I really don't know. Well, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. That's a, that's yeah. a really good question. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that they lied about the efficacy of the vaccine. They didn't say, we don't know. They didn't say it could be 12%, anywhere from 12% to 90%. They said the vaccines were 98% effective. Oh, that's yeah. The, they, they, they said you won't get it. But do you remember at the beginning when, because I know for most people, this is ancient history. They can't remember two years ago. But they said simply, this was late in 2020, that these vaccines are remarkable. Remember Fauci saying, God, we would have been okay with 75% efficacy. Oh, no, I, 100%, I, I remember what you're saying. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, most people don't realize he said that, or yeah. or they just they just say, "Oh, he was uh, doing his best." It's you know, yeah. it's the ignorance and the naivete of the American people is why they can get away with being so evil, man. It's, it's that's that's the reason why yeah. they can being so, and laughing at them and laughing at them. Yeah, you know. Hey, Mike, I'm, I'm gonna go, man. I go got, I, I gotta go to, go go to sleep. sleep. We want you to get your beauty rest. We don't want any issues uh, you know so <laughs> well not all of us are party animals like you Matt. You know? yeah i party this is a yeah. party man doing this podcast every night it is a huge party i'm sitting here with a bottle of champagne and caviar he went away okay with that he hung up anyway a bottle of champagne and caviar but but i do want to get to this now this really goes to how sinister and evil fauci is dr anthony fauci privately made fun of americans who took his advice to wear goggles remember that one to protect from COVID-19 and those who wore a mask into a restaurant and then took off the mask when they got to the table, per a new book. Former White House official Brian Morgenstern makes the accusation in his upcoming book, Vignettes and Vino. The excerpt from the book, it's a really odd, I'd say interesting book. It's like excerpts like that and like recipes. I don't know. Something very bizarre. But anyway, let's, let's stick to the Fauci thing. The, expert, the excerpt from the book was first published by the New York Post. In January 2020, Fauci said the virus was nothing to worry about for the American people. We know that. This was two months, two months before everything, all, all hell broke loose. Then in the months that followed, he said that people should not wear masks and that they were ineffective. In fact, he laughed at it. Remember, he was interview and he said, oh, no, it's silly, ridiculous. By June or July, he had changed his tune. Now, do you know why? I, I'm sorry, I am, I am like adding my own narrative here. But why in June or July? Did Fauci change his tune and say that everyone should be very concerned they should wear masks, multiple masks and goggles? Why do you think he did that? What else was going on in June and July? He was having a separation thing Trump, wasn't he? Weren't they starting to disagree? Wasn't Trump, didn't Trump finally realize what a moron Fauci was and was letting kind of the world know, right? And wasn't Trump kind of like anti-masking, realizing how stupid it was? Okay, and just around that time, Fauci changed his tune and said everyone should be very concerned and they should wear multiple masks and goggles. Morgan Stern wrote, I vividly recall my blood boiling during an infuriating meeting in the Roosevelt Room of the White House when Fauci laughed about his own goggles comment, making it clear how cynical he was and that he could get people to believe anything he wanted. Fauci first made the recommendation to wear goggles or eye shields. Eye shields. Think about that. COVID in your eye. And people still think this guy is not a total, complete fucking idiot. Eye shields. Yes. Uh, 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 eye shields. Hold on. Let me see something here. I mean, I lost my, I lost my place. Uh, yeah, eye shields to prevent the spread of COVID-19 in July of 2020. He did note at the time the measure was not universally recommended, but he insisted to use the protective equipment if you really want to be complete, a complete asshole. 
the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases also allegedly made fun of ass backwards, that's a quote, policy regarding dining at restaurants. He went on to laugh about how ass backwards it was that people entered a restaurant wearing a mask, then sat down and conversed with people without a mask. Of course, he wasn't saying things that affect publicly, just laughing privately at the American rubes he was fooling, Morgan Stern wrote. Of course, when you brought that idiocy up to people, well, Fauci's right, it was moronic, but he told people to do it. And then he laughed them for doing it because anyone with a brain knew how stupid it was that you had to wear a mask to walk in. But then when you sat down and were eating and talking and saliva was coming out of your mouth, you didn't need to wear a mask anymore. Then if you had to walk to the bathroom alone with no one near you, you put the mask back on. I mean, how many, when I think about that, how fucking dumb, really? How fucking dumb. But Fauci laughed at everyone. Fauci served as a member of the White House Coronavirus Task Force on the Trump administration. He announced last month he'll be stepping away from his role as director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Yeah, okay. Yes. Anyway, the book Vignettes in Vino details stories from the Trump administration paired with recipes. Isn't that odd? It's set to release October 25th. Um, yeah, because you need to drink. You need to drink a lot of wine while you're watching all this, while, you, while you're reading all this crap about Fauci. But this really shows what an evil son of a bitch this guy is. And look, he's not a dumb guy. He knew that was stupid. The whole idea of masking you walking into a restaurant or getting up to go to the bathroom, but not while you're sitting and eating and talking. He knew that was stupid, but he told people to do it. He told people to do it. Wear the mask unless you're eating and talking at a restaurant, at a bar, on a plane. And then he laughed at people for doing it, saying how fucking ass backwards it was. And this is, his, yeah, his tune uh, is dependent on, hold on, Ovrur, his tune is dependent on how far up Big Pharma's <laughs> Yes. Well, of course. No, of course. He, he's a total whore for Big Pharma. He's an absolute whore for Big Pharma. And the masking was part of that, too. All of it was. The masking, the testing, the vaccines, they're all moneymakers, right? People, the selling of masks, the selling of vaccines, the selling of, of these tests, Right, the tests were Abbott. A lot of Abbott tests. Right, the Abbott couldn't get baby formula right. They couldn't make baby formula, but they could produce masks by the millions. So they made money on that. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, testing, uh, yeah, COVID testing. Then there were all the people, all the companies that you know made masks, and that production went up. And then, of course, big pharma with the uh, with the uh, the vaccine. So it's all it's all money maker. It's all it's all what you can follow the money, but it's pretty easy to follow the money. Right, it's pretty simple to follow that money because he um that's he's it's been that case his entire life with azt with aids once again that made how much money did azt make for big farm and how many people did it kill how many gay men did azt kill thousands and thousands and thousands and tens of thousands yet it made a lot of money for big farm and fauci never had to apologize for it never had to uh never got sued for it never spent one day in jail for it and so the same thing's going to happen now i, I don't want to be too cynical but I think even if the Republicans take over, he's not going to go to jail. I mean, they'll they'll have hearings. They'll call him. They'll 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 subpoena him. He'll have to show up and talk. But he's not going to go to jail. There's no chance he goes to jail. And of course, he should go to jail. He should spend the rest of his. I don't care how much longer he has, whether it's one year, three years, or twelve years. He should be going to jail. He should absolutely be going to jail. Oh, oh, this is the funniest story. I'm glad I. <laughs> 
This is the funniest fucking story ever. I guess this is a Fauci and Newsom show. <laughs> Two peas in a pod who deserve each other. Here's Gavin Newsom's reasoning. Uh, please, he has to run for president. He has to run for This is my wet dream. It's the kind of life I have. My wet dream is that Gavin Newsom runs for president just so Ron DeSantis can kick his ass. Gavin Newsom says there's a reason people left California. Now, we know why people left California, right? To get away from the mandates, to get away from these taxes. A lot of corporations left because of the mandates, the COVID mandates, the lockdowns, the heavy taxing, all that stuff. Vaccine passports, the masks, everything, right? The economy. No, no. Gavin Newsom says people left California because of Trump. (laughs) Something else that they use Trump as the boogeyman on. Because of Trump's visa policies. Gavin Newsom said Trump's visa policies are to blame for the Golden State exodus. The comments came during the talk Newsom gave early this month at the Code 2022. What's the Code 2022 conference? What the hell is that? The Democratic governor touted California's achievements, included outperforming other states in terms of GD. Yeah, right, okay. Host Preet, oh, Preet, Bahara, Preet Bharara. Isn't he the, um, isn't Preet Bharara the guy that Trump fired? The DA? Then asked the governor how he reconciled those statistics with the fact that thousands of people left California in recent years. Newsom conceded that the state had lost around, listen to this, Newsom conceded that the state lost around 182 grand, 882,000 people in 2020, and that's, of course, a lie. Whatever number he agrees is the number, you know it's about 10 times that number. 182,000 people left San Francisco, okay? Almost 200,000 people left here, just San Francisco alone. So you can double and triple that for L.A. He said many factors contributed. Well, okay, so in 2020, yeah, then there's 2021, then 2022. So, you, you know, you're talking easily over a half million, a million people. Our formula for success is getting round draft choices. He thinks he's a fucking coach or GM around the world. I mean, we're as dumb as we want to be. This whole border debate is made up. It doesn't even make any sense. No state has more to lose, and no state has more to gain the state of It makes no sense. He's not even making any sense. So people, people are leaving here because it's not easy to immigrate here. People are leaving here because they can't be illegal here. What is this idiot talking about? But this is, once again, all bullshit, all just to blame Donald Trump. This is the Democrat. This is the memo that they have sent around to all Democrats and to everyone in the DNC-owned media. Blame Trump for anything. It doesn't matter. I'm sure in the memo it says doesn't even make if it doesn't even make sense. Don't worry. Just throw Trump's name out there. I got hemorrhoids because of Trump. Absolutely, absolutely. I got hemorrhoids because of Trump. Yeah. I got. I'm I'm so I'm so anxious. I got shingles because of Donald Trump. It doesn't say anything. No matter how stupid it is, how inane it is, blame Donald Trump for it. And so, Gavin Newsom doesn't blame himself. Come on, doesn't blame Democratic policies doesn't blame his own lockdowns, doesn't blame any of that stuff, blames Trump two years after Trump is out of office and people are still leaving California. We're, we're in Biden's immigration. The left year and a half, Gavin, we're in Biden's immigration policies, which is open the border. Anyone can come in. Yet people are still leaving. So how do you explain that, you vapid hair gel king playboy? How do you explain that? For the last two, almost two years, we're under Biden's immigration policies, not Trump's immigration policies. But this is their whole playbook. 
Their entire playbook is simply blame Trump, blame Trump, blame Trump, deflect and blame, deflect and blame, deflect and blame. And that's what they're doing. They're blaming Trump for lockdowns now. They're blaming Trump for school lockdowns. They're blaming Trump for people leaving California. Blame Trump for people leaving New York. Is that why they're leaving New York too? Because immigration? It's so idiotic. It really, truly is so idiotic. And once again, the only way they can get away with this is two-pronged. One, because the media is on their side. If the media wasn't owned by the DNC, if these shit liberals weren't the ones controlling the media, the ones who donate to the Democratic Party, who have been Democrats their whole life, who push the Democratic narrative, if the media did their job and questioned someone like Newsom when he said something as stupid as that, he'd get away with it. And the second problem is he knows the Democratic voters are that dumb. Democratic voters are that dumb, especially the ones here in California. They're that dumb that if you say Trump's responsible, they go, yeah, that's right. That's all Trump's fault. MAGA, MAGA king, MAGA queen. And that's how he can get away with it. Those are the reasons why he can, he can get away with this. And so they're going to continue doing this in, through November. This is their playbook to win. This is simply their playbook to win elections. Blame Trump. Talk about abortion. Blame Trump. Talk about abortion. Uh, make the extension, make, make the conclusion that because of abortion rights taken, being taken away, that gay rights are going to be taken away, gay marriage is going to be taken away. Just hit these hot-button liberal wedge issues that get them all riled up and get them to the polls, right? That, that is basically what this is all about. Get them riled up, get them back to the polls, get them to the polls. Energize your audience basically with lies, with lies and fear to get their blood boiling. That's it. Blood boiling, by the way, over nothing. Over, once again, the way Fauci was laughing at people for doing what he told them to do these Democrats like Newsom are laughing at people when they behind the scenes, they're laughing at how easy it is to get Democrats riled up and energized and to the, over these issues that people like Newsom and Pelosi and such know are bullshit issues. Behind the scenes, they know they're bullshit issues. He, they know they're using people. They know they're abusing people. They know that. They, behind the scenes, these Democrats know these issues are nothing. They're not real issues. They're made up issues. They're election time campaign issues. They know that. And so they're laughing at people. Just like Fauci is. They're all laughing. So that's the, that's, that's the, that's, that's where the Democratic Party is at right now. There is simply no accountability for this in any place where Democrats have large numbers. Okay. There's no accountability for this. So it's a miracle to me if someone like Lee Zeldin wins in New York against Kathy Hochul. It'll be an absolute miracle. Okay? It'll be more of a miracle than seeing what people see, that people see like the form of Jesus in their, in their grilled cheese. It'll be more of a miracle than that if, if, if Hochul loses because Democrats dominate New York City. And therefore, they dominate New York. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's People come up to me and say, well, is Newsom really going to win again? Yeah, of course Newsom's going to win again. Newsom's going to get 70% of the vote, I'm sure. Because we live in a, in a Democrat cult 
run state. The Democrats have all the control here. They have all the money here. They have the political, they've set up their shop. You see, they set up their political machinery shop here. The Newsom, the Pelosi, the, 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 the fine, we haven't, we haven't, is she still alive? We haven't heard of Diane Feinstein in a while. You know, she's, she's collecting big checks. She doesn't fucking do anything because she's out of it because she's 100 years old. But the Feinstein machine, the Pelosi machine, I'm tired of seeing Willie Brown. I constantly see Willie Brown here in San Francisco in the window of Les Central. I think the restaurant's called Les Central. It's a, it's a big restaurant in Union Square. And I swear to God, I've seen Willie Brown 100 times sitting. He has a favorite place to sit right in the window of this very expensive, posh cafe in Union Square. And I, I must pass him all the i must every time i pass there i see him in the window who is that dog is that doggy in the window um but yeah constantly constantly seeing him there so this but once again the willie brown political willie brown we know kamala harris you know maybe he had some encounters in the bathroom of what la central in la central with uh, kamala in the past but that that is the, the machinery here and it's impo- almost impossible to defeat them because the Republicans can't raise any money here. Independents can't raise. Libertarians, Green Party cannot raise money here. It's very, very difficult because it is political machinery. And it's this political machinery that Democrats have in a lot of states where they should lose. They should lose big in California. Gavin Newsom has destroyed California. But you see, that's what makes Gavin Newsom believe that he can be president because he's so pumped up by the voters in California. He doesn't understand. He's such a sociopath. And he's so pumped up by the fact that he wins big here all the time that he thinks he's a big shot, that he can become president. But Democrats don't have that. You don't have the Democrat. You don't have the Pelosi, Newsom, Willie Brown, Kamala Harris, Feinstein political machinery in Missouri or Ohio or Florida or Pennsylvania or Texas. So that's not going to be able to protect him come a general election. And he's going to get his ass kicked. He's going to get his ass absolutely kicked. I know I had the conversation, I believe, with Karthik yesterday where he thinks it will be fairly close. I don't. And I'm going to go on record right now, right this minute, is saying it's not going to be it's not going to be close. It's not going to be close if Newsom runs against DeSantis. He will get his ass kicked a la John McCain against, uh, you know, Barack Obama in 2008. Yeah, so I don't believe it's going to be close. But I believe Newsom, once, when you have people telling you how great you are, you start to believe your own press, right? You start to believe people when they start pumping up your head full of that stuff. That you're, so, you're so great. You're the greatest. You're the greatest. You're young. You're energetic. You're smart. Run. You run. You get your perfect hair with the hair gel. Run, run. So let him do it. Let him believe these people. Let him believe the California Democratic machinery that he has an actual chance to become president of the United States two years from now. Let him believe that. I want him to believe that with all of my heart and soul so he can get his ass kicked. Speaking of ass kicking, Lance is here. How you doing, Lance? Lance, you there? Hello, Lance. Lance, Earth to Lance, come in, Lance. Earth to Lance, come in, Lance. I'm going to leave you right there. I'm not going to remove remove you from, remove you from the queue because maybe you will pop up any moment now. Let's see. Up, oh, Lance, you went out of the queue. Can we try this again, Lance? If you want to call in, call in. Let him know he left. 
yeah, I think we know why, right? I think we know what's going on with Lance. I won't mention it, but I think we know what's going on. There he's back. And now he's back. Up oh, there he is. Let's see if I can get him on. Lance, are you there? Are you with me? Lance, are you with me, Lance? Lance, I'm trying to get you on. I'm trying to get you on. Doesn't seem to be working, though. Whoop. Can you, Lance? Are you there? Yeah, how you doing? Yeah. There you go. You're here. All right. What's up, Lance? Hello? Okay, I think Lance is having some trouble tonight. I think he's having, but I'll just leave him there. Maybe he'll pop in at some point. But yeah, it's 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 absolutely ridiculous that... <clears throat> hey, 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 can you hear me now? Oh, you're there. Okay, go ahead. What do you want? What do you want to talk about? Yeah, oh, man, Mr. Good Faith Act. Oh God, don't do it. I am so freaking bored. I've been in a room with some clueless progressives who got their heads too far up their ass. I was okay when they were like kind of just nipping at the, you know, rimming. But when they went all the way up in there, I said, "Fuck you, progressives. Let me go talk to some fucking conservatives." You know. So, so here there, I am. Is there a progressive show that was on right now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Small show, small show, small group. Yeah, yeah but this is this this calling is dominated by progressives. A lot of progressive shows on here, right? You have David Sirota, he's a big progressive. Uh, Brianna Joy Gray. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Dude, so, you know it's funny, right? Well, he wrote because a movie. Go ahead. What? No, I'm saying Sirota wrote that movie, right? The uh, Don't Look Up. You know, yeah, he, it was total. Yeah, he, it was a total neoliberal con job. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah, pretty much. Huh? Pretty much. That's true. Who are you talking to, Mike? What do you think? I'm some kind of stock leftist? <laughs> Not so much, Lance. Dude. I don't think you're stock anything. Exactly. That's why I'm an anti-ismist, and that's why. Wait, that's anti-ism. why. That's why. When people who don't quite, maybe I got a little loud, but I think they use it as an excuse. Hello, Mike. That they don't. Lance, you just went out again. You were just talking, and now you're gone. What happened there? I don't see. Yes, you you left. I didn't do that, Lance. You did it. So, up. Oh, let me put you back on. Did you hit a button? Did you hit some kind of a button there? What? What are you telling me? I'm drunk and I'm stoned and I'm hitting buttons and muting and shit. All right. Well, fuck you. It's true. Hey, did you ever see that movie Arthur with Dudley Moore? No, but I love Dudley Moore. You've never seen Arthur? Oh, you have to see Arthur. Come on, man. Actually, I have seen parts of it, but yeah, no, no, no. It's hilarious. Well, he plays a he plays a, 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 a you know a millionaire. Who's who's an alcoholic? But it's very it's a very. That's what fun. he always plays. That's what he always plays. <laughs> yeah, I know that's true. Like in the movie Ten, right, with Bo Derek. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or the one with uh, the gorgeous uh, Judy Garland's daughter. Oh, Arthur! Arthur! I just said Arthur. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, you I told you I was drunk. Of really course, good. I saw that movie. What do you think of some kind of un-American? <laughs> if you haven't seen Arthur, I thought. Wait a minute. Wait. 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 I thought you said Arthur. A U. No. And I didn't. Now I would have computed that if I was a little less drunk, even if I misheard it and said, "Oh, he means A R T H U R." Yeah, I love it. 
with John Gilgood. John Gilgood was oh, great. Oh, another great guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah he yeah. was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, you're an un-American commie if you haven't seen Wait a minute. <laughs> What was the movie where he threw away the garbage after they said you can eat it now? That was a different movie with John Gilgood, I think. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. No, that wasn't Arthur, I don't believe. I don't, oh, no, I, you know, I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting. I've seen a lot trading of John. Trading Places. Trading Places. Oh, Trading Places was, I mean, the Trading Places was. was That's fantastic. the one. Yeah, Trading Places was fan, was a fantastic film. That was That's the one. That's the one where John Gilgood, I think it was him, threw away the crepe Suzette when they said, you, you may have this. He's like, yeah, I don't want to eat this garbage. I'm going in my back kitchen and cooking something better. Or something. Yeah. No, Trading Places was very, Eddie, Mur Eddie Murphy was very funny. Great movie. Freaking kidding me? And Dan Aykroyd, that was a great movie. Can I say something? Whatever you want to say. Yeah, what do you want to say? This is a commentary. I don't know where it comes from. It's something I've already thought about a lot. But from the Robert Beard era till the 70s, mm -hmm. I don't care how corporate the oligarchs were that made movies. They weren't all corporate oligarchs. They were mm -hmm. guys with cigars that like green-lighted movies because they liked them, even if they happened to be a little blah, blah, blah. Okay. Rich people, yeah. Rich people and cops mm -hmm. were never revered. No, cops were blue collar folks like the rest of them. Mm -hmm. The first most famous, right? Silent movie, you know, uh, serials. <laughs> they didn't just make one and cash in; they made a hundred of Keystone Cops. Right. Okay. The robber. Okay. The um, the what are they called? The, the Bowery Boys, right? They were mm -hmm. the, like the down home, like the, the down and out kids. Right. They were the number one box office attraction. Why? Because that's what people wanted to see. It was post depression. It was Frank Capra. It was poor people being you know exalted. Okay, mm -hmm. so literally, right? So you had Humphrey Bogart. James Cagney, all these great actors were going down into the hood, doing the stuff with the Bowery Boys. Ah, yeah, you guys are, you know, and they were gangsters. They were. And every time in those movies, there was a scene when the, one of the rich kids from somebody, blah, 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 right? there'll be a scene where, and they would beat him up. But the rich kid would say, yeah, I want to be like you guys. And then he would be accepted. It was never about kowtowing to the rich folk, you see. And, okay. Let me give you another couple of examples, right? Nancy Drew, mm -hmm. right? She was like the, the teenage, whatever, uh, detective. Loose. They were always showing up the morals, the intelligence, uh -huh. the nose to the ground uh, of the rich, of the, of the elites, of the, the judge. You know, oh, we're going to show you that. You know, we're, we're the righteous little moral, you know, progress, you know uh, idealistic kids, right? Uh, so we're going to show up the judge. We're going to show up the teachers or the detective, and we're going to prove it. Nancy Drew detective. When the, the original author sold it to the syndicate, why not? She's going to retire, make her money. They turned it into showing how they could please the adults. Not how they could show them up, but how they could please them. Another example, Popeye. Yeah, Popeye, right? Goofy example, right? Yep. He, he was a dude who, <laughs> with his poop deck papping father, they happened to be sailors, they were down and out. They had an, he had an illegitimate child 
with olive oil called Sweet Pea. Hello. Okay. And he was brawling on the docks at the <laughs> wharf as a, as a, as a brawling sailor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fast forward 30 years in the 60s. He was leading the Marines into battle. And, you know, it wasn't, they didn't call it Vietnam, but he, but, but he was a tried and true like sailor uh, in the Navy. And by the way, okay, parenthetically, parenthetically, this is the kind of stuff I was raised on. Mad Magazine and Bullwinkle. Bullwinkle was a parody. Yeah. Of academia, of the military, you know, of the CIA. I mean, it was amazing. This is what I was, this is what I was propagandized with. I was propagandized really as a mainstream kid. If you really paid attention, you were being propagandized to be a pretty far left radical, you know? Well, and a lot of the movies of the 70s were very politically motivated too, right? A lot of the movies of the 70s were very leftist films coming out of Hollywood, like China Syndrome and, uh, you know, Coming Home. A lot of, well, I mean, I'm not, the 70s movies were fantastic. It was probably one of the best decades of films ever. It was the rise of the true uh, maverick independent filmmaker. But there were a lot of films, you know, you know what we don't see much anymore of, like you've been saying in this uh, conversation, Lance, is we don't see many movies simply about the lower class anymore. Right. That, that's that's the, the middle class for that much. We don't see movies about regular working class people anymore. What was the one with uh, I'm just I'm blanking right now with Sally Field, Norma Ray. We don't see films like that anymore. Right. Go we back, go back, go back, go back 50 years. Because see, this is my this is my. Doc response. Everybody's talking about Marxist, Leninist, blah, blah, blah. And let's face it, I'm not a Marxist. Uh, I had to look at your name, Mike. But I'm a lot closer to it than you are, right? And everybody talks about Marx and Lenin, and I'm like, yes, yes, absolutely. We must educate people about Marx and Lenin because Groucho and John are two of the most important creative anarchists of the 20th century. True. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. No doubt you know? about it. And, I'm not, and I mean it sincerely. No, it's it's absolutely true. There's no that, that, there's no doubt about that. I mean, if you look back, some of the greatest satire, social commentary was done by the so-called, you know, uh, comedians, right? You had uh, Charlie Chaplin. You had you had you know you had uh, the. Uh, you ever see the dictator? Of yes, or the great dictator, of course, the great dictator, City Lights, oh, yeah. all those films. They were all great. Yeah, I know you saw it because you corrected me. It's called the Great Dictator, not the Dictator. Yeah. Oh my God. How about that scene where he bounces that balloon globe? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Is that oh, exquisite? Great. And the stuff he did in modern times when he literally put himself through the mechanical uh, machinery of a factory. Oh my God. Yeah. Modern times is, 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 is could be arguably his best film. Modern times. Oh is a, yeah. Modern times is a great. Are film. you kidding me? Yeah. I like the Great Dictator. I like my. Oh my God. Modern times. Oh my God. How about the kid? The kid, yeah. This is once again. This is all, and it it all had really smart, precise, you know, political and social commentary in it. And the but, gold rush, yeah, done in a very funny but also uh, poignant way, um, which wasn't like just totally obvious in your face, you know. And it look, it was. Did they call it the golden age for a reason? 
you know, they do. They call it the golden age for a reason, you know. Can and I, I tell you something sad? I was just in a room, like literally like two minutes ago or whatever, 10 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what about movies? No, no, no. And it's Allison. I'm sorry. She's so clueless. But no, no, I, I don't look at anything back before 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago. Because I tried to talk about the Marx Brothers and all they did was destroy elitists. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. It destroyed the lead. And, and look, there were some people that some people that got that. Some people just went for the humor. Right. You know, but the fact of the matter is, is that that was the golden age of television. And, and I don't I don't know. I don't go for that whole idea. Of, oh, I don't watch anything before. I don't watch anything pre-1960. First of all, Turner Classic Movies. TCM, do you have Turner Classic Movies, Lance? Do you get Turner? Oh, I used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're the best because you can actually... They, they they have so many great films on there, great old films that you can really people who haven't seen them can really catch up just by having Turner because they're always putting on some of the best old films on there, you know. And every once in a while, I'll get like a Jones to like watch Turner for like a week straight and just binge on old films that I haven't seen before because I, yeah. I want to, you know. It's, you can't. It's like it's like politics, man. It's like anything. You can't understand what's happening now until you know what happened back then, right? You have to, you have to have yeah. some kind of context. You have to have some kind of context, you know? So, yeah. 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 It's yeah. Very, very important, yeah. you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 oh my God. <laughs> I'll just give you just one stupid non sequitur, right? Mm-hmm. That Osborne, Robert Osborne, right? Remember the guy? I love Robert Osborne. I love Robert Osborne. Yeah. Yeah. Totally sincere. Oh, he said, this is what he said. Look, folks, I'm going to describe this movie and it's going to sound boring watch it he said it's old <laughs> it's early early silent it's sepia toned there's no <laughs> you know what i mean you know what i mean by that yeah before they had black and white they couldn't even have distinctive color all they had was this kind of orangey shit whatever right. he said watch this movie it was a documentary it was like an hour long or whatever it was called wheat and it was <laughs> It was about uh, uh, this society, whatever, and like the Ukraine, I think. Oh, yeah, of course, it probably was, right? I didn't realize there's such a wheat capital, whatever. And it was going from the steps down into the valley when it was wintertime or springtime or whatever. It doesn't matter. And it was amazing because for the time, somebody set up cameras like, like a mile, half a mile, just far enough away because it couldn't be too far away. And they, they got these like hordes of people. And mm-hmm. then they had close-ups too because right. whatever the technology allowed for faraway shots, well, you could still get up close. And Absolutely. they did this, right? And it was like these like masses and masses and rivers of people and then like close-up shots of people with like like happiness or sadness or whatever. And he, it was like... Oh my God! And it was like this, like this, like documentary from like nineteen, you know, fifteen or whatever. You know, when they first could do this stuff, and it was the most profound thing ever. You know, <laughs> in terms of like showing what a nomadic people goes through. Uh, you know, macro, micro, close up, whatever. You know, so and the fact that people, I'm sorry, the fact that youngins, especially leftist youngins, no, no, rightist youngins do. With the evangelical, we're going to control what our kids see. We're done. We're done as a society. Yeah. You know, because if people like you and me, you know, 
who once in a while need to mute each other and say, fuck, if you were in my room, maybe I'd mute you. Hey, you know what I mean? Why but you know, no, but we, well, wait a minute. You know what? But I know that what up, Whatever comes out of Mike Capitelli's, whatever your name is, mouth. Is what Mike Lewis. was what you is what you think, and you know, goddamn well, that whatever I say, good, bad, or indifferent, is what I think, and there's no filters and all that. And we, why can't we do that on a massive scale? We can solve a lot of problems, right, Mike? Well, that's true. That's that's absolutely true. You know, if you just want to hear your own, that's why you know it's like. I don't. There are a lot of people on 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 call in who aren't going to engage my show because, like I said, it's different than it used to be. It used to be people wanted debate. You know, people wanted someone to disagree with. They wanted someone to thrust and parry with, argue with, yell at, whatever. But those days are over now. So now it's mostly people just wanting, like like I said, people watch MSNBC who want to because they want people on the television who think like them, who agree with them, who second all their notions and all their ideas. That's what they want. They don't want any kind of intellectual debate. They don't want to be challenged intellectually. They don't want to see movies before 1960. You know, this is just the kind of this is the kind of age we're in now. And I, I really hope it changes because you know what? It's fucking boring, man. It's boring. Yeah. I mean, it's like the people on the far right and the far left. See, here's the thing. This is what gets kind of like, uh, you know, contradictory sounding, but. There's an old song by, uh, I don't know whoever wrote it, but it's been covered in a band called NRBQ, New Rhythm and Blues Quartet, who does a great version called. Okay, it goes, accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, and don't mess with Mr. In-Between. Uh, yeah, wait, wait, okay. Accentuate the positive, eliminate the neg negative, um, and there's something else about the affirmative, isn't there? Wait, wait, yeah, yeah. It yeah. says, uh, yeah. accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, and don't mess with Mr. In-Between. Yeah, right, right. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not people like you and me that have vocal, you know, I, you're not necessarily that far right. I'm not necessarily that far left. But it's not the people that are in the school boards, even if they're weird QAnon weirdos, or even if they're left-wing, uh, you know, over-identity politics or, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, white people are all evil or whatever. Those aren't the real. Those yeah. aren't the real. That's not the real evil. As fucked up and idiotic and, you know, near evil they are. It's the ones that let it happen. Right. Yes. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Oh, here it is. I'm not going to sing the whole thing, Lance. Okay, I'm just going to. You've got to accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, and latch on to the affirmative. Don't mess with Mister In Between. Yep, you've got to spread joy up to the maximum, bring gloom down to the minimum, and have faith or pandemonium liable to walk upon the scene. That's how. That's the way it goes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, listen and, to that last line. Very interesting. Liable to have walk upon faith. the scene. Yeah. Have faith no, or pandemonium. Read that last line again about faith. Read it. Have please. faith or pandemonium liable to walk upon the scene. Yep. Right. And let me let me quote something that I quoted earlier and I quoted a lot from Bob Dylan when he went through his born again faith. Did I say this? Do you remember this from earlier tonight or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said 
in his song, Gotta Serve Somebody. He said, it may be the devil, it may be the Lord, but you gotta serve somebody, right? right. And so his point was not go go worship the devil, but right. you gotta have the idea that you ain't all, humans ain't it, right? You gotta believe in something bigger than yourself. Right. And oh, here's this, this what you were talking about with solipsism, right? We were talking about solipsism the other day. Well, no, 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 no. I don't mean about solipsism. What I mean, yes, that too. But what I mean is that, yeah, if you, yeah, 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 I guess. If you don't believe that there's something bigger than yourself, mm -hmm. whether it's nature, whether, you know what I mean? If you're an atheist, if you're an atheist, there's no God. So we better have faith in each other because that's all we got. Okay, fine. Or if you're religious, oh, we better have faith in God because that's all we, whatever. But you have to serve somebody. You have, that's what I think. Dylan was saying, you have to believe that there is a force outside yourself that is bigger than you, and that's lost on the left. Well, I think the idea of that is, I'm not a religious person, but I think the whole idea behind that is it keeps you humble, right? Right? It keeps you humble, and um, there's some humility there if you believe right. it. And it. But if you, like you said, the solipsism, if you just believe you are the entity, you are everything, there's going to be no modesty, no humility, and you'll be you and and you can feel you can step on people and hurt people along the way, and there'll be no consequences, right? Right. So yeah. In other words, okay. Here, here it is, right? So I'll say this, and then maybe type. Yeah, exactly. Here's what George Carlin said: We're all worried about them. everything that we do is like we're going to hurt humanity, we're going to hurt people. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. So. Good. The sooner there's no more humans on planet Earth, it'll get along a lot better. <laughs> you know what well, I mean? And yeah. this is what I love about George Carlin. I yeah. saw him in concert once. Yeah. Watch out. Remember the episode of The Twilight Zone? Another great show, The Twilight Zone. Oh, you know yeah, yeah. When Burgess Meredith wants time to read, he just wants to read and be left alone. And, and glasses cross. Yes, yes. You remember that? There's Rod no Sterling is off. Yeah. And there's no one to bother him anymore. Uh, did you just leave Lance? Lance just left. Uh, all right. We'll get back to Lance maybe in a second, but I think uh, Uver wants to speak. Uve, what's up? Uh, you you wanted some pandemonium, so I'll, I thought I'd bring up some disagreements. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we do. I do disagree with you on your vision of DeSantis, but me personally, I eat my fruits and veggies, so I'm not going to lose my head over it anytime soon um, and scream my head off like, you know, some of these other rooms do. But I do have some numbers for you, and I think it would be interesting if we talked about it because um, I apologize. I missed some some weeks of episodes. Um, just got pretty busy. But I've been trying to bring up the fact that DeSantis is in the pocket of the military-industrial complex. So because he's not going along with COVID tyranny, uh, now the whole circus has people accepting military tyranny. So I've been trying to bring up for in the chats a couple of weeks, sorry, I haven't been speaking up about it, but that um, DeSantis will bring in uh, the same levels of tyranny just under the guise of the security state, like 9-11 style. Patriot Act style, uh, I forget what at this point in time what they're calling national def 
defense authorization is what they're yeah. calling it now. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. There's nothing that he's done as governor that would make me believe that. I mean, Trump just certainly didn't do that. So you I know, so I, 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 what's that? I got some numbers for you. I always Go got the numbers. Go ahead, give me numbers. Uh, yeah. All right. So this is from, let's see, enterpriseflorida.com. Defense and Homeland Security. Florida boasts one of the nation's largest defense and homeland security industries with over 17,900 companies and 194,000 employees. Florida defense and homeland security industry is one of the nation's largest. From defense aviation to biometrics to cybersecurity, Florida's areas of industry expertise are wide reaching and there are few states that can compete with its labor force ranked fourth in the nation for high-tech employment. So home to 20 major military installations and three unified combat commands, mm -hmm. Florida has one of the nation's yeah. largest defense and homeland security industries. Yeah, but a, lot of that, but a lot of that was in place way before Ron DeSantis became governor. Uh, or, I mean, that's been that way for a while. This whole country is a military industrial complex. Uh, agreed, but I, I don't think it's a more, it's but, but more of a federal issue than Ron DeSantis. Not Ron DeSantis came in and all of a sudden beefed up the military. The federal government does that. I mean, do you think Ron DeSantis is going to come in? He has no power to say get rid of all these. He's not going to. It's just not. I don't. I don't think you can blame Ron DeSantis for that. I think you can directly blame Gavin Newsom for the economic state of California, right? You can directly blame Gavin Newsom for the homeless issue. You can. You can. You. There's direct blame that can go towards him for a lot of. California's ills, companies leaving because of the taxes, whatever it may be. I don't know if you can pin the military bases in Florida on Ron DeSantis. No, I'm these aren't. This isn't base numbers. These are private industries. Private industries on Ron DeSantis. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think you just can't. I don't know. I can't make that direct connection. I, I think we should be fair about things. Well, it's you know? the same connection between, like, as you as you made between Newsom and um, and those issues, like. But Newsom's policy—it's two hundred thousand jobs in Florida that yeah. DeSantis is um, incentivizing, like authorizing with the federal government to allow mm -hmm. to take place in Florida. Yeah. Look, I think our military is way too over, over bloated and, and too much money to spend. There's no doubt about it. Agreed. But that's—I think that's an entire country thing, all fifty states thing, not a, not a Florida thing. You know, so. No, but you you. And and again, like um, only because you asked for for some interesting disagreement. Um, did I? You know why? <laughs> I, I don't recall. Uh, oh, I did. Some... You're right. I did. You're right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's have it. Um, you know, you're saying that you would vote for putting DeSantis in the top seat, right? Like um, you're saying that's what it's for. Um, right. And this guy is. You know, he's he's not I mean, sure, he didn't start the war, but just like Obama didn't start, you know, the war, he did, also didn't end it. He didn't and he does. He's not taking enough steps to come out against that, in my opinion. You, you you're, you're big on the war stuff. I get it. For sure. I understand it. I, 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 uh, I have been in, in past, you know, parts of my life the same way. Um, and I am with with Ukraine, too. But um, if you're looking for a president who's not going to start any new wars, we only had one in the past, what, 50 years? Trump. You know, if you're, if you're looking for, but if you're, if you're looking for a U.S. president that's going to be totally anti-war and anti, you know, beefing up the military, because that certainly wasn't Trump. He loved our bloated military. 
he's talked about how great our military is and how much we need to spend. But you're not going to find it in this country. I think I, I don't think I'm being cynical when I say you're not going to find a U.S. president that's going to be the way you want on issues of war and the military budget. Here. Oh, don't worry. I Ooh, find even Bernie votes for the military budget, doesn't he? I, I find candidates to vote for every single year. Don't worry about me, Mike. Um, I worry uh, about because who, 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 who? Or let's put it this way: Who are you going to vote for? This actually has any chance of winning? Here. Well, the chances of winning, I think, are very funny to talk about before, and also, you know, with the heavy propaganda state we do have. So I, I try not to get into, you know, sports betting style competition um, debates. What are the odds? Give me the odds, man. Everything's odds these days. Do you notice that? Everything is odds. Everything is fucking odds now. What are the odds? DeSantis is 25 to 2, and Newsom, everything is betting. It's it's gone insane. It's gone insane. I'm watching a baseball game, and they say, well, it's the eighth inning, and the Mets have now have a a 28% chance of winning. Put your bets down. And then, and then the Mets will score a run. They have a 38% chance. Of, it's, it's constant. This used to be, we used to look down on betting, didn't we? Didn't we used to like call these people degenerates? Now the ESPN shows poker and everything's about sports betting. I still, right? I, hey, I still do call it degenerate behavior, but. Um, well, it is degenerate again. behavior. It is. If you, if you do it, look, if you do it occasionally. Yeah, okay, there's a, there's a boxing match. I'm going to put money on the underdog because I could put $10 to win uh, 800 Fine. But if you're constantly betting, first of all, if you're constantly mm-hmm. betting, you're going to lose, right? You, they don't, they don't, the house doesn't lose, man. You lose. <laughs> no matter where you are, whether you're doing it online or in Vegas or Atlantic City, if you do it too much, you're going to lose. You're going to lose your shirt. You know? mm-hmm. so, but it really seems like everything now is betting. I'm, I'm actually getting very tired of constantly watching a sports a game and all they're talking about are odds. And they want you to bring that same attitude to, you know, the political arena where absolutely none of those rules apply. Right. None of those rules do apply. Exactly. Um, what exactly. I'd like to talk to people about is um, remember in school, whenever you have multiple choice, um, you'd be faced with multiple choice problems. They would tell you the first thing you're supposed to do is eliminate the two worst choices um, in electoral politics, they would like you to flip that upside down and eliminate the best choices and pick between the worst ones. Right. So, yeah. uh, and I, and I, I, I would draw my consent from, from that circus, from that, from that mental gymnastics. And I try to apply, you know, um, not try to think about who's going to win. Um, think about for, for my vote personally, I think about, you know, how do I withdraw my consent the best from what I disagree with the government's going on? And that's where I start my search with. But come on, I got, so. I got, I got to put you on the spot. I got to put it's Newsom. Okay, it's Newsom. I'm, here we go with that. <laughs> it's Newsom versus DeSantis. Okay, yeah. if that's what it is. Okay, let's say that's what ends up that's being. Not, that's not what who it you is, vote though, for, Mike. Johnny. K- you voting for Johnny Kale of the Green Party? Is that right. What I'm writing someone in. Oh come I'm on! I'm not being complicit. Come on! Like, yeah, come on, Mike. I'm not complicit. No, Mike. you have to defeat Gavin Newsom, man. You have just, to defeat just Gavin based Newsom. on lockdowns and COVID tyranny. Just based on lockdowns and COVID tyranny, and how that hurt and killed so many people. And DeSantis was against that, and Newsom was for it. You have to vote for Ron DeSantis. You have to. No, because Ron DeSantis is going to give us um, a 2005 like version security state of 
And Gavin Newsom's not. Same type of, and Gavin Newsom's no, not. They both are. They both okay. are. All right, That's, but there are issues, man. I'm not man. making a defense for either one. So then, so then that issue's a wash. <laughs> there are other issues that are important, aren't there? Yeah, and the candidate that I ended up end up picking usually is like again very um, definitively against any style of you know tyranny. Yeah, see, that's Gloria, really Gloria easy. That's really easy to say when you're running for something you're not going to win anyway. And no, see, Mike, wait a minute, wait a minute. Knowing if you get, get in, ballots, you know, and if you get in, if you happen to win, and you bring that ideology with you to Washington, you're very discreetly told that if you continue that ideology, you probably end up getting assassinated. Yeah, you'll get the JFK treatment. I, right. I live in Dallas, Mike. You know, it's and every time uh, someone visits from out of state, out of country, they always want to drive on that highway to work. Yeah. You don't have to. I mean, nobody has to tell me that of what the JFK treatment is. Uh, and I understand that's not the experience of most Americans. They all don't live here. But right. um, shaking up things, you know, takes courage. You gotta, you gotta eat your fruits and veggies and be a big boy. And I understand that um, Gavin Newsom or DeSantis are not going to fight like the deep state as a as what we need them to do. Like, because again, um, Newsom is in the pocket of the pharma state, and then DeSantis is in the pocket of the military-industrial state. So, you're going to get tyranny one way or the other, like left punch or right punch. You're still getting punched. I guess so. I just think I just think the uh, the the, uh, the big pharma punch has been so devastating over the last two and a half years. It's hurt Agreed. many people, and it's so in this bad. country has... in this country than the military-industrial complex has. So, and it's so I... bad. It's made people forget about that tyranny that the military-industrial complex was going on. That they would rather take the military-industrial complex tyranny than the pharma tyranny. I get it. That's how trauma-based mind control works. <laughs> Two oh, stop options. it. Stop with the trauma based mind. No, it's making decisions in life. It's making decisions. That's what we have to do, yes. And right. what the influencers are going to try to do to us is basically like, keep constantly giving us worse and worse choices. Right. Well, yeah. I don't, I don't, tell you the truth, I'm sorry, but it, the, on the COVID stuff and the way the guy talks and the way he's Agreed. gone after Big Pharma and the way he's gone after Fauci. Agreed. And and more than just that, more than just that. I mean, I mean, the welcoming economy they have there, the way he's not allowing the 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 critical race theory and the teaching kindergartners about sex change. I think there's a lot of good stuff about Ron DeSantis. I really do. Yeah, and the, the fact the, he doesn't take the left bullshit, he doesn't take the the mainstream agreed. media bullshit. I think agreed. is so important. Agreed. But I think with also this election that we're talking about being two years out from now, sure. Why can't we start um, pushing the Republican Party? to not only have a candidate that's against Big Pharma, but also the military-industrial complex. Well, maybe you can work uh, on him. The guy seems to be re- reasonable. Oh, I'm, I'm trying right now, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the guy seems to be... Re- to me, Sanders is very reasonable. He's not a guy like... He's not someone like Biden that is so set in stone. You can't talk to him. He calls you malarkey and all this nonsense. I think I think the fact is, when you, when you come out against something as powerful as Big Pharma, I think there's something within you that says you can certainly be uh, talked to. And negotiated with about other issues. Mm-hmm. I really do. Not not many mm-hmm. politicians on either side of the aisle stand up to Fauci and Big Pharma, right? Very few. Very and few. Before before this round of tyranny that we just all experienced, and my heart goes out to everybody. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Isn't Rand Paul your guy then? Rand Paul was my guy, but before I could even vote, and then um, when I voted, it was I was still naive when I was young, so. My first um, vote actually did go to Obama, 
then I voted, started voting independent after that. <laughs> well, to me, libertarian is really close to what you're listening to you talk. I mean, you're talking about anti-war, anti-big pharma, holding big pharma, you know, fa- holding Fauci accountable, talking about the COVID issue. Right. You know, I think I think libertarians are, are very much, you know, uh, in your camp. And, and they're very, very consistent with the anti-war stuff and the anti, you know, military industrial complex stuff. And, and Ron, Ron Paul does not vote for the bloated military budgets. So I think, you know, I'm not, he's not going to run for president. But I've always liked Ron Paul. Uh, Ran and Ron. Ron and Rand. You know, I, like so. the, I, like the, I like the senior more than the younger Well, the one. senior is like one of the original libertarians. Oh, really. yeah. Like yeah. one of the most powerful speakers, in my opinion. Right. Everybody's got to go. If anyone wants some grounding and wants to not feel like they're crazy in this political climate, just... Go look up what people were calling crazy back then. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Republicans and Democrats are never going to be Democrats, especially. But even even like Republicans like the Sanders are never going to be libertarian. Just yeah. not going to happen. And, you know? and also to give you some more context, Mike, I live on the NAFTA superhighway. Like, oh, do you really? Oh, I good. do. Yeah. My, well, it's yeah, we get really good prices on fruits and vegetables for now. But we are, you know, participating in the dismantling of the whole entire Dallas. american economy dallas you live in dallas or fort worth arlington the whole thing dallas yeah dallas okay dallas right right on right on the 45th <laughs> oh excellent okay well, you, you know what let me go we're going to wrap up the show here so let me go to daniel then back to lance and uh i want to thank you for calling and thank you for disagreeing you made me a little excited for the night that's good <laughs> yeah <laughs> for um, a little just, excitement a little disagreement well, you know, I would love to hear um, you find um, DeSantis's history because, as 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 we all know, nobody gets um, famous and rises to such um, such heights with completely clean hands in this in the last twenty years. Especially oh, you'll hear about when he runs because the liberal media will make shit up. Well, I don't <laughs> want to hear what made up shit the liberal media comes up with. I'd like to hear what a current supporter ends up finding out about the history you mean that he's not perfect uh, well no not that he's not perfect but like maybe how uh i i don't know i haven't looked into the guy's history i'm not even considering anyone running under the drr name like to get my vote so um i don't i'm never gonna spend a minute looking into his history. we'll talk more about that sure. I mean, the opposite of the cult of democrat and republican and the idea of not voting no matter what because of someone has a dor next i mean there are good people that make the decision that in order to win in, a, in this country, and winning is important, right? Because winning is the way you get power and influence and make policies. You have to run as a DNR, you know. So there are some good people on both sides, I think. Agreed, agreed, agreed. All right, good night. All right, have a good one. Okay, let me go to Daniel, and then we'll go to Lance. Uh, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. Daniel, what's up? Two, two very quick points. Go ahead, um, go ahead. If, if third parties had as much money as the Democrats and the Republicans have, then they would be as prone to corruption as the Democrats and Republicans are. So this this idea of uh, of not voting for the duopoly or whatever people are calling it these days um, because of some high morals you have is is just it's 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 naivete. And the second thing is um, to address one of the points that Rory was making is he was framing the Newsom versus uh, DeSantis battle as one of big pharma versus uh, the military industrial complex, the pharma complex versus the uh, military complex. Well, what? California receives the biggest share of defense dollars, more than Florida. So Newsom is in the pockets of both. 
No, I think he understands that. The choice should be easy for him. No, I think he understands that. But a lot of people, once again, if they have if their issue, if people have a lot of people have that issue, right? The issue is anti-war, especially if you come at it from the libertarian point of view, anti-war, anti-military industrial complex, our military's too bloated, and they're not going to, they don't want to vote for anybody who, who is on that side. See, I, th- I think that's the idea. I think he understands. I think I made that point that Newsom is not going to be any better in that regard, but they don't want to vote for any of those people. They'd rather not vote or vote for someone else, like a Green Party person or a libertarian who comes out and says they are against the military industrial complex. Well, then they're fighting. They're voting for a fairy tale because I, if, if those third-party candidates have the back money and backing that the Democrats and Republicans had, they would have the money and the backing of Big Pharma or the military-industrial complex. They would have it, and there's no way that those third parties candidates are going to win without that backing. So I mean, you're just you're just living in a world that um, is possible to win in. And so if you want to complain for the rest of your life and say and 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 think that you have some weird arcane solution to all the world's problems, if only everyone could come over to my side, you know. Well, Jesus, that, that's that's so transparently naive. Well, that was my point of you have to make sometimes we have to make decisions and choices, and it's not perfect, right? Of course you do. You have to make hard decisions between. Between choices in every aspect of your life that aren't ideal, and if you're going to sit around whining, and, and I'm not saying this to, to be, um, you know, critical of Obama in general. I mean, you hear the sentiment a lot. If you're going to sit around whining because the perfect candidate doesn't exist for you, well, welcome to democracy. Yeah. There, yeah. there is no perfect candidate for you because there's 330 something more million people in this country. And yes. they don't have their perfect candidate either. <laughs> yeah. You know, look, I I was very much against the voting of the lesser of two evils. I understand that. But you know what? Uh, and, I, and I agree. When, when it came to Hillary and Trump, I felt they were both. I didn't like either of them. OK, when it came to Trump and Biden, uh, I didn't like either of them. Uh, but I do like DeSantis. See, that's the thing. I do like him. Is he perfect? Yeah. No. Is he perfect? No, absolutely not. I'm sure if he wins and becomes president, he'll do things that annoy the fuck out of me, guaranteed. Of but He's the fact of the matter is, I actually like him. I didn't like Trump. I didn't like Hillary. I didn't like Trump. I didn't like Biden. I found nothing, very little redeeming in any of those people. But I find enough redeeming in Ron DeSantis to say I could back him for president. That's all. Yep. That's yep, it. Yep. The, the Dems did the impossible. They made Trump the lesser of two evils when it came to Trump versus Biden. Um, something I just would never have thought possible. Um, well, I thought I thought he was a lesser two evil. I thought if you're talking, if I if I were voting, if a gun was put to my head, like an old Soviet Union style, and I had to vote for someone of the two, I would have voted for Trump over Hillary, and I would have I would have voted for Trump over Biden both times. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean, I, mean, they, 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 I don't know how how they did this, how they made Trump the lesser two evils, but they did it in spades. I mean. It is incredible. But anyway, anyway, I'm going to sign off. So, uh, Lance can get the last word. Yeah, Lance is going to get the last word. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Uwe. Thanks, Daniel. <laughs> I appreciate it. Have a good one. <laughs> okay. And let us go. Okay, Lance, make it, uh, you know, make it uh, quick because we're going to wrap, wrap the show up here. Uh, but we'll go to you. We'll go to you. Maybe. This is becoming a regular thing where I give Lance the, the last word of the evening. Hey, Lance. 
You don't. You don't got to request that I make it brief because you got the band hammer and can end it any time. No, go ahead. Yeah, but I don't want to do that. I, I want you to really, no, 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 I want no, you no, to fully okay. express your point of view. Okay. Uh, as far as DeSantis and Newsom, yes, right, they're they're equally douchebaggery. Okay, I so so but oh shoot. So I wanted to remember this other point. Um. Oh shoot! Right. Um. So. All right, wait a minute. DeSantis. Oh, as far as getting elected. Yeah. I'm pretty good at like even when I'm drunk and still drawing things back. Right. Oh, politically speaking. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. However much you love, like, DeSantis or whatever, he's not necessarily what the Republicans, you know, are looking for. Okay. You know Glenn Young? Yes. Yes. He's he's the one. If I'm a lefty, which I am, he's the one I'm looking out for. In other words, in other words, I was just gonna say how look just elected last year. Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis are equal weather vane, mercenary, total douchebag, whatever. Okay, Gavin Newsom, yes, equally bad as Ron DeSantis. Okay, leave them aside for a moment. Glenn Youngkin is pretty slick. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to be right, because I thought Rubio was going to challenge Trump in 2016. So, there you go. But, He's pretty slick. Uh, I think Glenn Youngkin has a he's a he's a corporate, like pretty far right Republican. And he won in a very purple, trending blue state. So he would is what I would be concerned about if I was a lefty, not fucking DeSantis. Because I don't think he's going anywhere, regardless whether you love him or not. Because he's just a total not only is he a dickhead because I disagree with him, but this migrant thing. Is already being backlashed hard by Republicans. Prove me wrong on that. I don't know what you're talking about with that, but but what I, what I can say is Youngkin is a up and coming guy. He's young. He was young. He young. Youngkin. He was just recently elected governor. He's been governor for what a year and a half. So so was Obama. Yeah, but he's not. He's not. He's not Obama. He's not a young black guy. He doesn't have that identity politics thing going for him that Obama had, and he's not. He doesn't speak as well as Obama did. But. Um, you know, Obama was at the right, right time at the right place. He really was. It was great timing for Obama. Also. Hey, Mike, but did, did Youngkin, you ever? Did, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let, me, Lance, let me just finish this. I think Youngkin is a future possible presidential candidate, but not this coming, not this coming election. Uh, he, he, I think he needs to serve a couple of terms as governor, and then, and then he would be probably uh, pretty formidable because he's a good politician, also. He's a very, he's a very good politician. Oh, he's a very, very, very good politician. Absolutely. Yeah, he is. He is. He is. Yeah. And he knows how to use current issues to win. I mean, the big reason why he won in Virginia is because of the, you know, parents wanting control over their kids instead of the government, you know, the critical race theory and teaching kids about transgender shit, especially critical race theory. That was very big. You know, the, the school board meetings where they were being called terrorists by the Democrats. He picked up on that. Guess that is what? the big reason why he won Virginia. Big reason. Asian Americans in Loudoun County. Asian Americans in Loudoun County. Where the whole thing that Youngin picked up on, it was about yeah. Asian Americans from the left. <laughs> Brilliant. That's why Youngkin's so dangerous. It yeah. was actually a reaction that did not emanate 
from the right. It was not about trying to indoctrinate kids to lefty problems. It was about Asian Americans yep. who were affluent and had a very strong voice in Loudoun County, which is the richest county in the country. Yeah, very and rich. He said that we don't want our kids to be taught identity politics. You see, it's weird. Right. So y'all can pick up on that. But it was actually lefties criticizing lefty. Oh, my God. It's so great. I love it. I love it. That's why y'all can so dangerous. <laughs> no, but yeah. what I'm saying, though, is that, is that, is that, you know, you know, so. You know, it's okay. I don't think, see, DeSantis and all this stuff on the left. Okay. Um. Yeah, no, DeSantis ain't going to happen, and, and, and Youngkin might, but, you know, I think that there's a lot of other things going on, you see, and, you know, but um, I don't think that, I don't know, man, I, I, I don't think that people realize just how desperate things are in the trenches here in America. I yeah. just don't think. Right, left, center. I don't think people realize just how desperate we are. We're a third world country. Lance, I'm going to let you go. Thank you for the call, though. It was good having you on. Thanks. I appreciate it. Um, yes, this, this was a good show. This was a great show. We got we went over an hour and a half. This could be a record. And Lance had a lot to do with that record. Um, I want to thank my callers. Lance, Uver, Daniel, Karthik, all the listeners. And I want to remind people, once again, I want to say that if you are in the Bay Area, the San Francisco area, San Francisco Bay Area, uh, tonight, this will be Friday now, Friday the, the 23rd, tonight, 7 p.m., we'll be at Upsider down on uh, in the Polk area, Polk and Sutter, just having some drinks, you know, talking. They have good food there, by the way. Um, and they were very, very friendly to... Uh, let's say, our cause, our cause, most of us, uh, during the last two and a half years, they were they were a very friendly place to go to, let's put it that way. So we want to give them the, our, you know, our business. Um, and so we'll be there if you want to come and say hello, or whatever, it's up to you. But you want to get out of the house, relax on a Friday night. Uh, and then shortly after at 11 p.m. Pacific time, 2 a.m. Eastern, will be the Friday show of And Let's Be Heard. That is the name of this show, and let's be heard. Uh, my name is Mike Kachopoli. Lance did not pronounce it correctly. No shock. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough one to say even when you're sober. Um, <laughs> I want to thank everyone for listening, and remember, always remember, vote Democrats out of office. Vote them out now. See you tomorrow. <laughs>